That's not who you want to leave as Hershey knocks it down. Nayamori, Skywalker, hanging in the air for the deuce. Puller rises in and puts it back as he crashes to the ground. Landvik ahead, Central on the back end, plus the foul. Look at the speed by Landvik. To the rim, counted in the foul. Hoyleen to foul below the hoop and the harm. Some surprises, close, down-to-the-wire finishes, statement victories, a little bit of everything this past weekend across the UMAC. I joked before, we're not necessarily to that final stretch, the final furlong. Well, we're now there, heading into the final weekend of regular season play across the league that is unlike any other. And if there was no other weekend to prove it but last weekend, Wyatt, what we saw across the UMAC, that was unlike any other. Things we did not anticipate at all. We're going to talk about it. But before we do, how are you doing as we head oh so close to the finish line? I can't complain. A good you still got something foods. left in the legs? I do. Like when you're doing a 5K, do. 10K, I know you like to run. It's been a long time. Every now and again, you get some bananas in you, you stay hydrated. Like you ever get to that spot where you're like, I, I you know, my legs may give out at some point. Never done a marathon, never done a half marathon. I've done the 5Ks yeah. before though. And yeah, yeah, once you get to that two, two and a half mile, I mean, if you're really trying to get the best time that you can get. You're sprinting for a full 5K. That's oh, It wears on you. It wears on you. You're at least a full jog for the whole 5K. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. I mean, you pace yourself, but yeah. we don't need to talk about my running history. My point <laughs> is I do have some left in the legs, and to your point very quickly, you mentioned there were some results we didn't expect. Specifically on the women's side, I had predicted the four teams were going to be known heading into the final weekend. That is not the case. Couldn't be any further from the truth. You, you wanted Will, it to be not so interesting. It's still interesting. It was more of a reverse jinx. You know, I said, if I, if <laughs> I can go. speak it into existence, it won't happen. And then the opposite will occur. I like it. And that's what happened. We'll get into that. And then on the men's side, still very compelling as well. I mean, the possible outcomes for this final weekend, everything is still in place. Maybe endless is too far, but there are a lot of them. More than we've had in quite some time. Yes. Which is exciting and something to be excited about. Agreed. For sure. There are definitely things to look forward to. This coming weekend, but before we get to that place and we predict the matchups that will take place this coming Friday evening and Saturday afternoon into evening, we got to break down all the things that happened this past weekend before we jump into it. We always love to hear from you, even though we are headed down the final furlong, the final, final stretch. Anything you got, questions, comments, concerns, feedback on what you listen to every single week. We'd love to hear from you, ESN. Well, no, see, I did. I did what I was doing for my my for other the live job. stream. See, and I normally, haven't done that in a I, long time. And normally, for me, it's wow. the opposite. Where I'm on the ESN live bad. stream, and I say UAO the UMAC, and then I'm like, oh, that's even worse because there's <laughs> all these people trying to get a hold of us. At least in the podcast form right now, Ryan, you can catch yourself, and it's yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, we're not even going to cut it out. This is this is live. How we're running it, we're just going to leave it. We love to hear from you. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. That's UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. You can find us on the X Machine Twitter as well. Unlike any other, the UMAC search us. You will find us. And uh, we always welcome your DMs, emails, whatever you got. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. 
now we can jump into the meat of this stuff. Why we've always done ladies first. Why would we stop there? Especially on a week like this, you know, we got to step in ladies first. There's so much to unpack and get to. So I'm trying to figure out where we're going to start. You lead all follow. Let's start out west. The games that took place out west. First things first. Okay, let's not go way west. Let's go out to the whack. Okay, St. Bonifacius. Yeah, not a big surprise. Uh, Crown College gets the win over Northland. You and I both had this correct. Eighty-five to twenty-one. Second UMAC win of the season for Coach Tussler's club. And shout out to Mackenzie Latsky reaching the one thousand point milestone on senior night inside of the whack. Good to see for a team that has had some struggles definitely this year. And uh, you know why I appreciate Latsky putting up 21 points. 20 shots in 22 minutes. I mean, she was letting it fly. <laughs> I appreciate it, Coach Tussler. I've been saying all season long, just get her her looks. Hey, good good for Crown. And, you know, again, not the year Northland would have hoped for. They dealt with all sorts of issues. They got two more to go. But, yeah, I mean, a major, you know, kind of turnaround is hopefully going to start to take place there for the Lumberjills, and this just was not their year. But it is good to see a team like Crown that's been in a lot of ball games have this kind of a performance, and and on senior night, nonetheless, to do it is is pretty cool for them. So, you know, you got to feel happy for the Polars in that aspect. Absolutely. Two top teams in the UMAC is what we're going to pivot to next, heading further out west to Jim Gremmel's court in Morris, the Jackets and the Cougars. So coming into this contest, Wyatt, superior at 9-1, and one, just barely in front of Minnesota Morris, who coming into the ballgame was 8-2. and two. So you still got a chance to catch them with four games to go, but feels like you have to have this game because yep. Morris already lost the first ball game to superior. You get the Jackets at home. Morris playing great basketball coming in. I mean, you felt that Morris obviously had an opportunity to win this game. You picked them to win coming into the contest. And we found out prior to the contest, we're not going to say a lot about it, but we found out from a really good source. And as the joke, the joke will always go, but it's true. We're not going to name our sources because then they stop doing you favors. I don't even call it a joke. I mean, it's it's just a fact. Yeah, We we don't (laughs) name them, but we got from a very reliable source that the Cougars would be without their best player who you could argue why it could be the conference player of the year. Yeah. Freshman Matty Grove. You had mentioned that, you know, a a little bit before we started this recording. And, you know, I haven't dug into the numbers enough, but she is certainly in the conversation. Yep. And obviously an X factor for this team. So her not playing obviously changes the complexion of the game. Now, you were nice enough where you said if I wanted to. Yeah, because we found out before the game. After we received this intel, you said if you want to switch to Superior, go ahead. And I said, you know what? No, I'm going to roll with the Cougs. I trust Minnesota Morris. I gave them the chance, folks. I trust them to go get this win, and I'm very proud of their effort, falling just by 266 to 64. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind if they have Matty Grove, they win this game. I mean, would you agree? I mean, impressive for them to score 64 without her Mm -hmm. when defense is their MO and that's their identity. To get 31 combined from Mortensen and Quate to lead the way. and then big time. Big 11 points from Perry off the bench. Just not enough in the end, but... They gave Superior a scare, and if the Jackets would have lost this game, they would have been kicking themselves saying, you know what, I mean, not that it's a given that we're just going to walk over Morris, but if we can't beat them yeah. and Matty Grove isn't playing it's on the other sign. side, that would have hurt. Bad sign, yeah. And uh, remember, again, how important this game was for playoff seeding because with the way the standings sit now, Morris is two full games back. Yep. Granted, they could win both this final week and Superior could lose both, but to our knowledge... 
the one, the one seed would up. still be superior. You know, they might be co-champions in the regular season, but superior sweat Morris. So they're going to get the one seed. They have that locked up at this point. If superior did drop this game, like you had mentioned, they'd really be kicking themselves because they may have lost home court advantage potentially. Yeah. And uh, now that they get the opportunity to play all their tournament games at home, they got to be feeling pretty good about their chances. So Grove, obviously her being out, Wyatt, you don't like that for your squad. But another player you took super high, Elise Bestinen, off the floor for just one single minute. She only shot it eight (laughs) times, but look at that stat line. I was just going to say the most surprising box score, you know, stat line, if you want to call it that, she sat out for a minute. She didn't play all 40. (laughs) What happened? I guess they. I don't know. I guess they decided she needed to come off the court. At some point, Coach Carpenter said, "Like we need just a little breather for you." Yeah. No, I mean the efficiency was there. She was six of eight, two of four from deep for fourteen points. And again, they got so many other pieces that step in. And and how about Deller coming off the bench? Yeah. I mean, a name we haven't even said up to Daler, this point. Yeah, this the year freshman. Daler. Yep. We haven't even said her name this year up to this point. 13 and 9. 13 and 9, right? 17 minutes. That's Superior's hard to do. Superior's depth and just their ability to have somebody else step up when they need to. They're so balanced. And I'm not saying Morse isn't, but when Maddie Grove is the majority of your scoring and she's been your number one option, losing her certainly didn't help in this game. And I, I think Superior showed that they got a lot of players that can hurt you. I'm not sure Morse had quite enough. So great effort by the Cougars, but. In the end, the Jackets show, again, just how dangerous they are and just how much depth they have. And in tight games, we've seen it, Wyatt. I mean, you and I watching their contests against Northwestern they've played so far this year. You look at this contest as well. They're a great free-throw shooting team overall. Yeah. Bessonen is just about automatic from the line. She doesn't even get to the line. We mentioned she hardly got any shots up. Morris didn't put her in a position to succeed in a place that she loves going to the free throw line, but still as a team, they're 11 of 13 yeah. plus five on the glass. Still an impressive win for the jackets. We mentioned it would hurt if you lose this one without Grove on the other side, but they did what they had to. And this just about, you know, all but sealed for superior the conference. And we'll get to what they and Morris did on Saturday, but we know now the UMAC tournament, which we'll talk about later, but I'm going to say it now. Anyway, the, the UMAC tournament will run through superior Wisconsin at the Mertz on the woman's side. Yeah, no, and and we'll talk more about that, like you said, but really impressed with what we've seen from them all year. And and again, just the one conference loss up to this point, but otherwise they've been flawless. They've executed in all facets of the game, and they're going to be a really, really tough out. They would have been regardless, but now that they get home court advantage, it makes it all the tougher to knock them off. Uh, The UMAC conference tournament runs through the Jackets. Not even an old team. I mean, we don't have to go, you know, way deep into it. But what Coach Carpenter has done with that club where it's not like you got seniors left and right in the starting lineup who are just putting up big numbers. I mean, the group she's done it with just can't say enough about how impressive it's been. Yeah. Okay. Two gone. Two more still to get to from Friday night action. Let's head to the heart of the Twin Cities, Wyatt. Let's first go to downtown Minneapolis. You and I both had North Central winning against Martin Luther. Maybe we were a bit foolish. You know, Martin Luther, you could argue one of the, if not the hottest teams in the UMAC with the wins that they had prior coming into this fall game. The weekend before on the Friday night, they had that big victory that they picked up at home against Minnesota Morris. But you and I talked about it last week. It's different to do it on the road. Not that we don't believe in, you know, their capabilities on the road, but you look back in the past chunk of games, they get Bethany, Morris, and Crown, Three big UMAC wins, but they were all at home. Last time they were out on the road, didn't go so well against a team like Superior. So you're thinking at North Central, 
it's going to be harder to score maybe for them. They're going to have to really wall up defensively. I'm impressed why not just that they won, but the way that Martin Luther won this ball game. And we talk about maybe not a ton of experience for Superior. Why it's the exact opposite for Martin Luther. The big three. I mean, you coined that phrase for them, right? A couple did I? weeks ago. I don't Maybe. remember when it was. I'm pretty sure I'll you did. I'll take credit for it. Yeah, Jordan Heckendorf, <laughs> Lauren Paulson, Emma Nelson. I mean, if I if I were to just run through their totals, 48 points, they were 15 of like, I'm not going to count those all up, I guess, 44. 15 of 44 from the field. But the big one, 14 of 16 at the line combined. They Huge. did what they needed to do. They made winning plays when they needed to make them. And to your point, I think you could easily argue they were the hottest team in the UMAC coming into this game. So maybe we were a little foolish. I guess we were overconfident with the Rams being on their home court from what we had seen this year. But, yeah, the Knights. How about the Knights? How about them Knights? How about Absolutely. the Knights? Plus six in the turnover battle. That's huge. There have been some stretches throughout this year where they're getting good looks when they're able to run their offense. But otherwise, they're just giving it up to turn over North Central 19 times. And then, obviously, for the Rams – just two of 18 from deep. And we didn't get to see yeah. this game. We were calling another game at the same time that we're going to get to here in a moment. But for North Central to be 11%, only make two shots from behind the arc, the numbers don't you know, jump off the page a ton, if you will, for Martin Luther, where you're 34% from the field, 30% from deep. But I love how you mentioned they got to the line 24 times. That's probably the difference in a game where you take better care of the basketball, battle on the boards is even, but you get to the line more, you're able to win on the road. Yeah, and again, you mentioned the two for 18, but arguably your two best three-point shooters, Davenport and Mabang. And again, I know that's not how you pronounce your last name. Mabang, yep. But we have been grandfathered in from last year on the podcast. So I think we're going to – I'm going to continue to say it that way. There weren't a lot of bangs for Mabang. There weren't a lot of bangs, no, because they went one one of 12, excuse me, combined from deep. And, you know, they kept shooting, which is the good thing, but eventually you got to knock some of those down. And if you don't, you're just not going to win. So tough night for the Rams. And we had joked about the Knights, you know, they're in position to be in position. After that one, Ryan, they're just flat out in position at this point. I was going to say, remove one of those. Yeah, Yeah, they're not in position. They're not in position to be in position anymore. They're just there fighting for a playoff spot. And, you know, it would take our UMAC research scholars. But when was the last time, if ever, you could say that about Martin Luther? That's what I was talking about going into their game on Saturday, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But first time in who knows how long, if not ever. You're exactly right, Wyatt. This late into February that they're playing these important of games. And, you know, you look like look at a player, excuse me, like KVP on your squad. You can't ask for anything more from her. 17 and 11, a few swats, 8 to 10 from the field. Hey, she did great, and, and and some other players did as well. I mean, losing Maddie Grove for both games, obviously. her. We'll get into the totals maybe at the end, but yeah, things have tightened up, to say the least, on both the women's and the men's side for fantasy, so it's going to be a good finish. Martin Luther, definitely one of the talks of Friday night, but that was not it. Wyatt, you were able to be in the building, rumor has it, at the Erickson Center Friday evening for Northwestern. Where did you hear this? And Bethany Lutheran. I heard it I'm not really close by. Like, I mean, oh. it wasn't so much a rumor. Like, I had okay. evidence with my own eyes that you were so able to happened. see this game it was... in person. I, I can vouch for uh, you being there. Northwestern and Bethany Lutheran. I'm going to hand it over to you here in a second, Wyatt, because you were in the gym. But, Wow. Buckets. That's all yeah. I got to say. I mean, this if, was incredible, if, especially in the opening half, the kind of offense we saw. If you like points, this was the game for you. Go back and watch it back. Bethany came out just guns ablazing. Beautiful game plan. They executed it well. They're ready to play. Up 22 to 12, and they go in to the first break, intermission, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the first quarter. 
and they're only up two because Northwestern goes on an 8-0 run and answers back encounters. Now, the big story in the first half of this game was foul issues for Bethany. And uh, you were there. I don't need to tell you, but Aubrey Kaur got into foul trouble. She picked up her third with what, like eight minutes to half? And we had even talked well, about. We questioned when she picked up her second. If she should be Is in. she going to be taken out? And, and she they wasn't. kept her in, and then she picked up her third. And, and again, you remember Coach Perfect's reaction? You could argue there were some questionable calls, and I'm sure yeah. Bethany fans will. But regardless, it was a roll of the dice to keep her in. And her coach's reaction when she picked up her third, she was losing it. Was not good. Yeah. So she picks up her third. Not only that, Lexus Trigg picked up two fouls, and she was yeah. big off the bench. Still put together a pretty good game when you look at the totals. But losing those two played a huge role in this game. It allowed Northwestern's offense to flow even better. The Eagles were getting every look they could possibly want. And again, the balance and depth of North uh, Western is what stands out. Jasmine Sandrell goes for 16 points in the first half, doesn't score again until two free throws at the end, which were huge because then everybody, all the students got Chick-fil-A. Cause if you yeah. score 18 points <laughs> yep. at Northwestern, all the students get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. So everybody loved that and was going crazy, but to have her score 16, lead the way, and then not score again until two free throws in garbage time just shows how good this Northwestern offense is. So they were on. If there is one critique for the Eagles, it is to clean up and pick up the defense to a certain extent. But at the same time, when Claire and Beak is hitting threes from way outside, is attacking the rim. I mean, you love to see that. You have her on your fantasy team. I mean, she was pouring it in. I mean, all your players were pouring it in. Uh, on Friday night from the Erickson Center it was a really fun game to watch had a good pace good flow to it but yeah I mean the thing I would keep coming back to with this one the foul concerns were huge for Bethany they never really were able to truly overcome that and Northwestern didn't give them a ton of hope anytime Bethany cut it to like nine points in the second half or 11 points it hovered around that Northwestern always had a response it never got closer than that and uh, that's what a championship type team does they kill your hope and and Northwestern is showing they're maybe starting to play their best basketball at the right time. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, Wyatt. I agree with that. I mean, shout out to Clarenbeek, not just because she's on my fantasy squad, but she kept him in the game. I mean, for a stretch when Northwestern just could not miss, you had players like Abracor and Lexis Trigg in foul trouble. Clarenbeek was just getting up a ton of shots, and they needed it just to keep them within striking distance. I want to go back to earlier in the ballgame, Wyatt. Northwestern, you mentioned they made that run to keep it somewhat tight going into the end of the first quarter and down just two points, but... I don't know if you remember, Eagles called timeout. They're down 18-11. That's good. Yeah, you should Four and a that. half to go in the first <laughs> quarter. And you and I were on the other side of the gym, and we have a headset on. And it's nice because it cuts out a lot of the noise in the gym, which has its benefits nine yeah. times out of ten. Well, but you got, sometimes you got, I wish I could hear a little more of what was going on. Yeah, people walking by you, trying to talk to you as yeah, you're on the air. It's tough. And so it's good to have that be noise cancellation. In. Correct. But, uh, and you and I got to hear each other, too. Yeah, so. we got a video sent to us. Yeah. And yeah, so, we got to hear firsthand Coach Call's frustration about the way say, Northwestern what, started label that this? game. I mean, there's a lot of words, adjectives you could probably use. Yep. What would you use? Frustrate is a good word. Yeah. And it's interesting for a guy like Coach Call. We know, you and I know, I mean, we've watched Eagle basketball for a number of years on both sides. We know he has the fire in him. We know he wants to win, but it doesn't always manifest itself like that, especially yep. in a timeout so early in the game. But he felt like he couldn't wait any longer. So, again, Eagles are down seven with four and a half to go in the opening half. And it was uh, Grace Landvik's dad who stopped me at halftime. And he's like, hey, did, do you do you understand what happened in the first half? And, like, have you ever seen anything like that before calling games? And I was like, I kind of know maybe what you're talking about. But, we're again, we're on the whole other side of the gym. So we got a better view of that. He sent the video to you and I and got to see that. And 
he normally doesn't get that flustered and frustrated, but Wyatt, I want to go back to what you were talking about. The only time when the defense was down for Northwestern in this game's Three out of four times it was generated from second and third chances for Bethany. Even four chances that they had in the first quarter sometimes to score. And that's what made Coach Call and his staff so upset. Yeah. Because when the Eagles actually have a desire to get a defensive rebound, put a body on someone and not just jump for the basketball, it's a lot harder for Bethany. And that can go for I, any team. I mean, I think you looked and turned to me at one point very early in the game and said, I mean, it's pretty simple keys to the game. If Northwestern box out and they yep. don't turn it over, they're going to win the game. Correct, and that's what started they, to manifest and, itself. Yeah, they started to do that better. And sometimes the game of basketball is so simple. You and I have talked so much off the mic how good the Eagles are in transition and pushing the basketball. doesn't matter if it's from their starters or you have Terry and Hershey off the bench or Ella Falk. You remember, Wyatt, in the second quarter, how many three balls the Eagles hit on those corner kickouts in yeah. transition when they beat Bethany down the floor, rotated it too quick. It just came from a standpoint of Bethany was red hot 22 in the first quarter. They cool off a bit. What happens when a team cools off? They don't make the shot. Newsflash, when they don't make a shot, you get the rebound right away. What can you do? Push the basketball. All of a sudden, it's not a half-court game as much. Bethany can't set up their defense. Eagles get running, find open shooters, and they knock down their shots. We overcomplicate it. I mean, me and you are guilty of it as well, even just on this pod. But it's such a simple game, Ryan. You rebound the basketball. You take care of it. You score. You run where you can. You just do, yeah, you do the things that are going to get you. Shots got to fall in eventually. The calm. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Coach Call would say this. I mean, when his players are making shots, it makes him look good, right? Correct. Couldn't have said it better myself. Western was making a lot of shots, a lot of points in this one. I'm still impressed by Bethany because if we take away some of the foul issues and the game is more complicated than that, yeah. and I'm glad you mentioned that, but it goes to show why. I mean, look at a player like Lexis Trigg. We've talked about her so much this year. It's perplexing when you look at her season stats because I think she's only averaging like 17 minutes per game. I can actually tell you right now she's averaging literally just a clip under 16.9 per game. But she's their second leading scorer. She's averaging just over 11 points and just over five rebounds per game. Look no further than Friday night against Northwestern coming off the bench. She's in foul trouble, so she only plays 16 minutes. She had 12 and 6 in 16 minutes and was 6 and 9 from the field. She was very efficient inside. If Bethany is to play their way into the UMAC tournament and then may even maybe even make noise in the UMAC tournament, she's got to be playing at least 22, 23-plus minutes. Yeah. Totally different without her on the floor. Oh, who would have thought Bethany? Again, it goes back to the conversation with Martin Luther. I mean, we didn't think they'd be in the hunt at this point. Bethany, yep. if you told us even just a month ago, let's say, based on their non-conference resume yeah. and how their season started, that this is where they'd be, I would have said you're crazy. Major props to Coach Perfest yeah. and what she's gotten what out of this around. club. We don't know how it's going to end, but I would already say, I don't want to speak for you, it's a successful season for yeah. Bethany, Great no matter turnaround. what happens this weekend. Great turnaround. But, yeah, I mean, let's let's see what happens, and maybe they do find their way into a playoff spot. But, uh, nonetheless, what they've done and the ability that they've been able to now build off of something, they're going to be in a good spot moving forward. Eagles play like that, though, in their own building. They are going to be tough to beat. We'll talk about them a little bit more in a moment. But that is all the action for Friday evening. Well, how about we just talk about them now on Saturday? Then? Okay, let's let's move right into it Because I Saturday. wasn't at this one, but you were, so I'd just like to get your thoughts on it. Well, I was going to say, you looking at the box score, do you want to start and then say confirm or deny this sure. what I'm looking yeah, at from I mean, the box score? Yeah, I mean, my initial thoughts based on looking at it is Emma Paul, uh, Nelson, excuse me. I mean, holy cow, she was able to get her looks, but... Just not able to knock him down going 8 of 24. I mean, was she getting good shots would be the first question I have for you. Was she forcing a little bit maybe? And then secondly, the thing that sticks out for me as I look at the box score, and again, I wasn't in attendance, 
how impressive is it that Northwestern can win this game by double digits, shooting five of 28 from deep? And I think they were yeah. 0 of 9 in the second quarter, I want to say. They didn't make one in the second quarter, but they still just handled their business. So that's one thing just to say, okay, I'm really impressed with Northwestern in that aspect. And then my question was, yeah, I mean, was Nelson forcing when she didn't have to? Was she getting good looks? What was kind of Martin Luther's offensive game plan? Love it. Love all the questions. Okay. Well, it's just the one, really. Was was Nelson forcing some? Yes. But that is because they got off to such a slow start. I don't want to say like Martin Luther wasn't ready to play, but they were just so unsure of themselves in the half court. Like nothing was done confidently. Tons of late shot clock situations. And then one player just has to throw a shot up at the end of the shot clock or try to drive in amongst the trees against Northwestern. It's tough sledding wide. I mean, next to nothing easy for them. And Northwestern, as you mentioned, wasn't great themselves. You are right. They were just 0-9 in the second quarter from deep. Combine that with the third quarter. They didn't make a three ball in the two middle quarters. They were 0 of 13, yet they still won this handily. And almost all of them, Wyatt, grade A wide open looks. Sure. Martin Luther is rotating as best they can, but they are packing it in, daring the Eagles to shoot it from deep. They said, we will happily, and Northwestern just could not buy a three. Totally different from Friday night. How often does that happen to teams where you shoot lights out? Eagles were 55% from the field, 41% from deep on Friday night. Saturday, totally different story. But the difference? Their defense was locked in from the jump. They weren't giving so many second, third chance opportunities like they were to Bethany. They're getting good blockouts. They're being more physical defensively. And that was the difference for Northwestern. They didn't need a ton offensively. Their defense stepped up, and I know the Eagles coaches like to see that in a ball game like this to respond from spurts where they weren't as good as they would have liked to be Friday night, giving up 80 points to Bethany Lutheran. You're disappointed if you're a Knights fan. That's really the last thing I'll say before I hand it back over to you. You had a big opportunity. Season's not over. Huge win Friday night. They just look flat. I, I don't know what it was, all the combinations, but... I don't want to say they're nervous. They just didn't look like they were all there. Go back to the start of the weekend, though, if you told them they were going to go one and one I think they did. And it's that. a tough Not road swing, yeah. for sure. Yep. Probably the toughest on the women's side. Correct. So yep. I think they'll take that, and they're still in a spot where they could make the playoffs because of it. Totally. So yep. good weekend, all things considered. I know it wasn't the way they wanted it to end. The big three, Sandra, Landvik, Hagen, are going to be huge down the stretch for Northwest, and that's why I drafted those three players wide. I mean, you look at how they played Friday night and then Saturday together, they're doing everything on the floor for this team. And then when the bench steps up like they have been the past few games, you had Riley Hershey. You didn't mention her Friday night. She had 14, couple huge plays driving the ball as well, not just shooting from deep. And then the likes of Ella Falk and Allison Terry as well. There's a reason I've said they're the deepest team in the UMAC and they could win the title again. Now we'll get to that later. We're not going to talk about that right now, but they were showing some signs this weekend. No question. Okay. Putting that aside, let's stay in the Twin Cities before we head out west. North Central and Bethany Lutheran. Vikings tough pill to swallow Friday night coming off a loss. (laughs) North Central also coming off a loss. There was no lack of motivation coming into this game on Saturday. Wyatt, are you surprised by how this one transpired? Remember, back in December, I know it was a long time ago, but North Central won by double digits. I mean, I shouldn't be based on what we saw from Bethany on Friday night. They were hungry. They were ready. They had a game plan and executed it. I'm sure it was a lot of the same against North Central. They were just able to get more stops this time and win the game. So, yeah, I'm not surprised necessarily in seeing this box score. I know I had predicted that both Bethany and Martin Luther were going to go 0-2 and this whole thing would be wrapped up. Instead, here we sit with three teams that are 6-6 and fighting for the four spot because of the way the matchups worked out. And Bethany, give them a ton of credit. They're basically fighting for their season. Yeah. And they pull out this win on the road. It says a lot about their character and the way they've been 
handling their business this year. A win over Northwestern, a win over North Central. I mean, it's it's really impressive, and they are going to be a very dangerous team if they do make the tournament. I mean, anybody will be. All all of the tournament games on the women's side are going to be fascinating because I feel like any one of the teams that gets in, I mean, maybe outside. Bethany and Martin Luther are maybe in a separate tier still. Yeah, they could Cap- still make capable, they could still make noise, but not though. on the same level. Yes, they Correct. could still make noise. Yep. Um, they're maybe not. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say they could win it necessarily, yep. but they can make noise. And it's going to be really fun to see how the tournament shapes up. Good to see Clarenbeek for for your sake, I guess, going off yeah. again for 18. And then Trigg, like you said, I mean, just doing so much. But, and, but and look again, mind, the two players started. who were in foul trouble. Well, for Bethany. Yeah. The I same mean, that's, too. That's got to be addressed. That, I, like, that can't like, I like LT on your squad. She's starting. So look at the numbers she's putting up in 22 minutes. Yeah. Well, and, and again, she started this game. She didn't start against Northwestern. I know. I, I, I like her starting. I think the reason she started here is to try and KVP match North and Central size. Yeah. Correct. For, for sure. Yep. I wouldn't mind seeing her start just in I agree. general. Player. Let, let's get her in the game and have her start. You got to find a way to get her, you know, to not constantly be picking up fouls because that's been yeah. the issue all season long. But. Hey, we had a Telso sighting. I mean, this was yeah. her best game offensively of the year. But for North Central again, Wyatt, I mean, look at what they did from deep. They made three three-pointers at home this weekend. Yeah, it didn't Two even Friday look like night, one of eight Saturday. They were kind of stubborn almost, it seems like, and they were saying, we're getting it inside. We're taking. They I mean, should be shoot, stubborn. You shoot 65 times and only eight of them are threes? They should be stubborn, though, when you got KVP, Ryan, Hola, Telso getting get downhill. It. You just you got to be able to hit some outside shots. You do. Though. You got to hit if at you're least hitting a few more. Correct. Three on a weekend, you're going to lose. I agree, especially against good teams. It's kind yep. of impressive they were within reach with with that stat. Well, line. it's they made because one three the entire they were game. plus ten in the turnover category. They got it rolling defensively, where Bethany was having some big time struggles. I mean, yeah. look at Abercor; she turned it over eight times herself. Yeah, probably a frustrating game for her. Four fouls, eight turnovers, like you said. But her teammates had her Give back. Give credit. Up. Hey, Clarenbeek hey, you're talking about players up. playing more. Let's get Clarenbeek in the starting lineup. She's a shooter. Yeah. Over the weekend. She Come is. on, Coach Perfest. I, I want her getting 20-plus shots this coming to weekend. To be clear, Coach Perfest, <laughs> I think we are very impressed with what you've done. Yes. And uh, We're you, you know what things. you're doing. Yep. So yep. Uh, keep up the good work. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. What do you think, Coach Zabala? Why my last question say, for you? What was she saying to her team at the end of Saturday? How Two tough losses yeah, at home. How gut wrenching of a weekend is it for them, Hurts. considering what they had in front of them? Yeah, but still things to play for. But amnesia, you yeah. have to just wipe it. They're you not love that gonna. Word. I do. I use that <laughs> one. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. We already know they can't host a playoff game now. Yeah, with the way it matches up. Okay, there's a chance Northwestern could. But otherwise, it's Superior and Morris hosting playoff games. The other teams are all going to be on the road. But they can win on the road. They've shown they can win on the road at times this year. So, hey, shake it off. Have a good, solid weekend here. If you get two wins in the final weekend, you're in. It's as simple as that. Control your own destiny. You control your own destiny if you're North Central. It's a little bit more complicated for Martin Luther and Bethany with how it matches up. And yep. I don't know if you want to go into all the scenarios or not. As far as the other two games go, I mean, those were, you know, superior. Mention and Morris. Quick. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they just handled their business as the top Correct. seeds. I mean, Morris did what they should even without Maddie Grove. Do we know if Maddie Grove is going to be back? And we'll we see. Don't. I mean, we'll see when she's back. You would have to assume at some point this year she will be based on, you know, what we heard, which is, you know, that it's eh, kind of iffy right now. But assuming they get her back at some point, they're lethal. They yeah. showed that. Superior, likewise, with their depth, lethal. Those two are kind of in a tier above themselves right now. Northwestern is peaking at the right time. Yep. And then you got those other three just hoping to get 
into the dance. And you maybe wouldn't have said this a week ago, but obviously with the two losses, like North Central is separated from those other three. I agree. Northwestern, Morris, and Superior. You're just talking I agree. About, yeah. They're almost, they almost peaked too early, and it's like, okay, they are. You love to talk yeah. about that. They're almost the on the peaking. downslide right now. Yeah. And they got to get it we'll, together. We'll quick. talk about it later, but you know what I've mentioned a few times. I told you earlier today who Superior doesn't want to see in the semis. It's North Central. I think it's a. I think Coach Zabla and her staff think it's a great matchup. I mean, look yeah. at the two times they've played this year. It's They're the be, only team who've beat the Jackets, well, and they almost beat them twice. And again, if you have anything to say about those other two games, go I ahead. Don't. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, Crown was really down five wasn't. at the half. It wasn't over They're at the half, and, yeah. and Superior, you know, closed well, and Bessonen had another great game with 18 points. But, yeah, never really in doubt, and, you know, Morris is going to bounce back. We kind of the no story doubts. of Crown's season. They've been yeah. within reach at times. They play teams tough, but they're not going to To win. put together a full four quarters against a team like the Jackets is something different. Well, guess what? They got an opportunity to do against North Central, and that's going to be a huge game. They can play spoiler. So North they Central can. has an opportunity against Crown and Morris. Yep. And meanwhile, Martin Luther and Bethany are going to be playing Northland and Superior. and Northland. Yep. Theoretically, you would assume, and again, it depends on if coaches decide to rest their players or not. There's a very good possibility, Ryan. All three of those teams that are six and six right now go one and one, and they're all seven and seven. And they're all seven. And, and seven. we get into the tiebreaker shenanigans. And I don't know if you want to quickly mention what would happen in a scenario where they're all seven and seven, or what the tiebreaking procedure is. But yeah, that is probably the most likely outcome is that they all go one and one in their seven and seven so here's why we could get to that tiebreaker that was added to this grouping i'm going to try to explain this real quick okay so we're saying in a scenario that martin luther north central and bethany and we'll get to this in our podcast later in the week as well but just real quickly they all could be seven and seven like you just said they would all have the same record against each other we tabulated that that as well they split against everyone so then from there you go to the best um conference road records I believe, counting this up, they may have all been equal with that as well. No, I told you before, um, I think Martin Luther and Bethany, yeah, I counted this up. They each have four road losses. North Central, I believe, only had three. So I think North Central actually has the leg up. But the UMAC website right now, at the end of the weekend, well, has Martin Luther again, in front of all these three. But it's it not, may not It's be just completely random. It's not based You don't off believe of that it's accurate is what you're saying? So our research <laughs> tells us North Central owns the tiebreaker. Meaning that they they would be the ones to claim the four seed. Because I think we find it on the best conference road record before we get into the quarters. We didn't get to the stage where we had to count up all the quarters from the whole season for who was leading. And hopefully it doesn't come to that. (laughs) But the other thing I can't figure out, just looking at the standings very quickly, and then we'll move over to the men's side. How has Northwestern not clinched a spot? I guess technically if they go 0-2 and lose to both Morris and Crown, then... I don't know. I guess it would have to be North Central. Well, no, it'd have to be Bethany because North Central doesn't. Eagles swept North Central. Eagles swept Martin Luther. It would have to be Bethany who split with them, and then Bethany somehow would have that tiebreaker over them. Well, but that's what I'm saying, though. So, like, even if Northwestern goes 0 2, North Central and Martin Luther, one of them, you know, if, if Bethany jumps Northwestern for the three seed, that's fine. Oh, yeah, but, but they then North still, be the four. still be the four. I got, so they, yeah. sh- they should have already clinched, but according to the UMAC website, have. it says they mm, haven't. They may not be totally on top of it. I don't okay, know. I think to our knowledge, Northwestern has clinched. Superior has clinched the one seed, and the rest we know depends on the one. It's just a matter of they're going to be claimed co-champs, but we know the UMAC tournament yes. runs through Superior. So as it sits, the tournament runs through Superior, 
Morris then is in. Morris and Northwestern are in, yeah. even though it doesn't say it on the UMEC website. Yeah. And those three teams that are 6-6 six and six are going to battle it out this weekend. For one spot. And if it comes down to a tiebreaker, North Central has the leg up. And we'll talk more about those shenanigans in the podcast later this week, I guess. Real quick on predictions, Wyatt, uh, you did well. You were... We both struggled um, in some spots. You were two and two on Friday night. We both got North Central Ron. You got Morris Ron, and then on Saturday, we both got North Central Ron. That's it. You're so you're you're how many back in total though? You want to go total now? I mean, Just, we'll yeah. we'll do the men's later, but I'm four back. Okay, you got some Acor- according back. to this Excel. Sheet, I will I'm four in our back. preview pod that'll come out later this week. I will pick all of them. First, give you the opportunity, but so you, got, you got a lot of ground to make up. It's not looking good. All right. Fantasy was a fun weekend. You had 134 and 120 for your point totals Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was 30 plus on you on Friday. That helped big time. And then I was two plus on Saturday. So it's gotten more interesting. Any any notes on your team? I mean, anyone you want to call out? No. I, again, if Maddie Girl plays, I feel really good about it. Yep. If not, then it's going to be really dicey. So, and we'll point. see. I mean, if she's 50%, if Lexus Trig 70%, doesn't get in foul trouble, she almost yeah. put up a 30 burger for you, and she's picking up fouls left and right. So. Hey, she's good. She's very Let good. Her play. Stay on the floor. That's yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah, no, it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be very compelling. It, it really does, in my opinion, come down to if Maddie Grove plays. If she plays, I think I'll win. My 164 Friday night, just to note, highest performance of any side the whole season. So my team, my team has it in him. Hey, when they Bethany needed it. And, Bethany and Northwestern it shootout definitely helped the cause. Yeah, when they needed time. it most, absolutely. One last thing. You had mentioned the tie-breaking for, for the 6-6 six and six teams. It's road wins. Well, it's road wins before we get to that quarter shenanigans. It's, so it's first things first. And, and North Central has four road wins right now. And the other two have three, I believe you told me. No, so I was counting their losses. I counted four road losses for Bethany and Martin, and Martin Luther, Luther out of their six, and, and only three road losses for North Central, meaning they would have one more road win at this point. Got bad news, though. North Central's home this yeah. weekend. So they can't prove their road record. Bethany and Martin Luther? They're on the road. No, they're at home. Bethany and Martin Luther at home. Are you second guessing yourself? They're at home. I just, I just remembered. They're at home. Yeah, so it doesn't change. So it doesn't change anything. Yeah, I was going to say we talked about this earlier. I just now wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> there are so many folks. We apologize if we're getting any of this wrong when we talk in well, podcasts this week. The one year we did but very that's, complicated. That's Wait, what did we get wrong? We we had a tiebreaker wrong, or we were questioning the system, and then Coach, oh, Coach Herbert's article that he wrote, yeah, and then he reached out to us and told us what was going on. Understand? No, I don't either honest. to this day. Uh, Which is okay. We're tiebreaking is crazy to try and figure out, but anyways, yeah. we're doing our best. All right, men's side. Yeah, that sounds good to me. You're going to lead the Go way ahead. on this one, right? No, no you're the leader the whole I'm, way. I'll I'm lead the preview. The whole way. Okay. I'll lead the entire preview later this week. Okay. You got all of the recap. Okay. Good call. There really wasn't a ton of uh, compelling games, to be honest, the entire weekend. So, I mean, I don't imagine this is going to take very long. Friday evening, February the 9th. Let's first start out west. Senior night. Crown needed a bounce back, Wyatt. Not playing great basketball as of late. I think they'd even agree with you on that. They get the win, maybe a little closer than people thought, but uh, any thoughts on their 83-70 to victory over the Lumberjacks who remained winless? Yeah, I just am starting to wonder if that O is going to go at this point. It's got to be. Martin Luther this coming it's got, weekend. It's got to we'll be that one. We'll talk about later this week. It's got to be that one. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Cade Carroll gets gets his as usual, twenty points. Carter Bainey again, just consistent. Got as to he start has been on all senior year. night. Yep. Um, I mean, at their best, championship caliber team. When they're not at their best, team that can miss lose the to just about anybody and potentially miss the playoffs. They don't have a spot. No, secured at the moment, which and they got you know, a tough road swing to finish the season. Which they we'll control. Get to later. They control their own destiny. Yep. So I mean, they're probably feeling good about that. But yeah, I mean, it is not set in stone yet for Crown, and uh, there is work to be done this final week. And yeah, nothing specific from the game itself. Uh, again, I mean, when it comes to Crown, at their best, really tough to beat. Cade Carroll is one of the best players, if not the best players in the conference. And uh, get him shots. Can yeah. they? Yeah. Can they hit outside shots? And you know do enough and and they did on senior night it's always good when you win on senior night let's stay out west this is one that we differed on no thoughts from you i don't have anything else to add i mean they they did what they're supposed to like i said you can maybe say i was a little closer than you thought it was going to be it was never a worry they took care of business like they had to to bounce back let's go out further west this was a I mean, this was a shocker quite frankly for how this should go first on this one because you had some some i had morris to win this game and it is another one where I will say right logic just ended up at the end of the day being the wrong pick. But if you told Doesn't me count for anything last because week, it was the right logic. Morris will be up in this ball game late by eight points. It was 59 to 51 at James Gremmel's court places going nuts. Morris is playing great basketball. There is 440 to go and they're up 59 51. They didn't score the rest of the game. Sickening. Final 440, 19-0 run for UW-Superior. I don't even know if I have the gunction to get out anything else before I flip it back to you and say, what in the world? What in the world happened in the final 440? I Quite frankly, I, I, wanted, I wanted to take the time to go on the Cougar Sports Network, try to find the end of the game and watch it back. I didn't have the time. Why didn't I recall other games? It was a, a busy weekend and start of the week. So, But what in the world, Wyatt? Have we... Have you, I mean, when I say off the top, a league unlike any other proved itself to be that over the weekend, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're up eight trying to get a huge win with four and a half to go and you don't score the rest of the way? Yeah, what? this this one hurts for Morris for several how do you reasons. Sleep? If you're Coach Paul Coach, Grove, how do you didn't. literally shut your eyes that he, night? He didn't. <laughs> He's not getting any sleep, especially with, uh, you know, what, what they had to do the next day because then they had to turn it and flush it and say, okay, we got to make sure we handle our business against Northland. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, the opportunity that was there for the Cougars and to lose the way they lost, it's not just that they lost the game, Ryan. It's it's harder to comprehend it's harder to stomach yeah it's just it's tough when you're up eight like that you played better for the majority of the game and then you lose it down the stretch that's gotta that's gonna nerves right like there's something to that that's mental that's not just physically superior somehow could be up with something they had it could be i don't know if i've ever seen a game end quite like that on a 19 to run I joked with you. I was like, I saw that score, and it was eight points. We did a scoreboard update we live did, from the Erickson that was the Center exact at about score. that time. That was the exact <laughs> score. It was 59 to 51. I never looked at the game again that night because I just assumed yeah. they won. And then you texted Saturday the next morning. morning. I was like, that, that can't be right. And I looked, and I was like, oh, my goodness. What happened? So, yeah, that's bizarre. Hey, a guy that deserves a shout-out, Reed Johnson. 
Yes. He's had a couple of big games Stepped lately. Stepped up late this couple season. A couple of big games. Yep. I mean, you remember Coach Polkowski told us he thinks he could be the best shooter in the conference. We haven't seen it manifest itself. But maybe starting, starting, around starting, into form. To, starting to round into form. Superior's that team. So, like, I use Morris on the women's side. They always get the best out of themselves towards the end of the year. Superior, likewise, seems like they can get the most out of themselves at the right time, possibly. January, February, Polkowski. Superior. Polkowski. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, I, that was better. Technically, that is Polkowski. Yeah, yeah. Technically, it would have to be February, though. So oh, it'd be correct. like January, right. Polkowski, March. <laughs> there you go. The, yep. the John Rothsteinism. But uh, good win for the Jackets. I mean, on the other side, I know we want to say oh, it's a tough one to swallow for Morris, but hats off to Superior for getting this done and yeah. getting a huge win. And again, uh, this wasn't at home. I mean, it hurts no, even more for Morris. Road. Yeah. When you're at home to do this. Not only that, they were down 12 at half. So, I mean, the lead was even worse than than that. So, I mean, this was comfortably in Morris's favor the entire game. Just tough. Beyond bizarre. Sorry that you lost your pick, too. I don't know what else to say. But I'm sorry that you I've had a number of these gut punches this year that I don't even understand. How do you keep getting back up? Props to you. I don't know. My trainer in the corner just somehow (laughs) is telling me I got to get back up. It's been a tough year. It's been a long year with some of these for you. Yeah. A lot of tough You keep fighting, though. So... (laughs) I tried my best. Okay. Halfway home on Friday. Let's uh, now head to the Twin Cities. We're going to leave for last the spot where we were at. North Central hosting Martin Luther. TDW. Almost. Almost. They needed to win this game. I think there's no way around that to put themselves in a position heading into the final three. They did what they should. I, I don't know if you have anything else on this. I mean. No, not really. I, like uh, Coach Becker says, I mean, his guys will always fight. There's always energy and intensity, and when when they have just as much talent, if not more than the other team, and you pair that with their intensity, they're going to get results like this. Yeah. Huge win. Like you said, they had to have it for a, a multitude of reasons, um, but it certainly positioned themselves in a good spot heading into Saturday against a team like Bethany. So this was one you could not afford to drop, and they handled their business. I have nothing else to add. Needed it. They got it. All right. Now to the place that you were on Friday night inside of the Erickson Center. We talked about it last week. That building better be turned up to 11 for both ball games. I mean, the women's one was great leading into this one. Before we talk about the game, what would you say about the atmosphere? I mean, Bethany fans, Eagle fans, there's a lot of people in that building. Did, did it live up to the hype of what you wanted it to be for a game like that? I think so, except that we lost a ton of students like going into the second half because it was Nick was at that? night. And there was another reason why some baseball people, practice, but I yeah. talked to Co- coach Jacob, the baseball <laughs> coach who I, I played for. He was the assistant when I played. I understand his reasoning. Yeah. You got to practice. You got to see some coming guys up. who were there and into the he, game. And then they had to leave. He told me this. He said it was either you practice on Saturday and they miss hoops hysteria or Friday. And if he pulled the guys, they probably would have said, yeah, let's just get it done on Friday. You know what I mean? You do what That's you understandable. Do. The Nick and Knight thing. Who is orchestrating this? It's the biggest You're games of the me? year. I don't know. And, and and we got students leaving halfway through the game. The crowd absolutely lived up to the hype in the first half and played an impact, huge role in this game. Place, it was a playoff-like place atmosphere. was jumping. I mean, we'll jump into the game now. Do you remember, like, the first five minutes of this yeah. game? You said on the broadcast, you asked me, you said, can we just get a full 40 minutes of this where there was a yeah. couple – up and down sequences where Ackley had the huge chase down block on Nyamari after he came in for the steal. <laughs> that and was then a good Nielsen block. with an unbelievable outlet pass, like length of the floor to Bangu who lays it in. You had the sequence before that where North Central 
North Central. Northwestern got moving the other way, and you had Nyamari as the trailer, hit a three. Eagles yeah. hit their first three triples. I'm saying so many different things. I'll ask you this question. It was great, Ryan. It we great. talked last week about how Northwestern had to throw a strong right hook to start this game. They did. How would you summarize? Eagles had 20 points in the first six and a half minutes. What yeah. was working for them, or were you surprised to see them start so well in a game where they knew you're going to have to play Unbelievable. I wasn't surprised because we see that, I feel like, time and time again. When you're playing off of that energy, you see teams at home get off to quick starts. It's a recipe for success when you're trying to pull off the upset. So I wasn't surprised by the start. What caught me by surprise was how long it took Bethany to get comfortable. And when I say how long, they never got comfortable at any point in this game. They had a chance early in the second half when they took the lead and had a hot start in the second half to maybe calm down. And we had a technical foul. There was a huge yeah. stoppage, and that slowed down the momentum that they had. Northwestern yeah. quickly gained it back. Bethany really struggled with the crowd. They felt like they were playing a little tight, a little scared, a little nervous. They, they knew, knew the trophy se- was in the building. Regular season title was on the line. They the knew they hadn't won at the Erickson Center the last 12 times. Yep. Last, last time, time Bethany won at Northwestern. Coach Garvin. Pat Garvin was a senior on the team. Yeah, they knew all of that. And it felt like they played like that a little bit. They weren't truly themselves. And I think their score on Saturday, which we'll get to, is indicative of just that. Yeah, They were themselves again on Saturday. So, I mean, hats off to Northwestern. They absolutely played a role in that. But, yeah, I was really surprised at the way Bethany kind of, in a way, shot themselves out of the game early. They, They took some really tough shots. They never were able to get into a rhythm. Northwestern could not have had a better start. I think that's why it's going to sting so much for them. They, they still so lost well the game. for some stretches. Still lost the game. Bethany did enough at the end, and that's what championship teams do. Yeah. Had to feel pretty good, I'm sure, if you're Coach Garvin and those players to take the picture, hold the trophy on Northwestern's court. Yes. And that's got to sting Northwestern to see that. So everything you just said, I think headlines even more for Bethany fans who are listening to this. We said all that. And I don't disagree with you, Wyatt, where they weren't truly comfortable all night long. It's a compliment to them, They, by they the way. had their lulls in shooting. It took them a while to get their footing even a little bit. Yeah. And they still won by seven. Yeah. Like you I and I say, said after the game. It's a compliment. What did you say? A C grade? Did we I give can't them a give C them grade? anything higher than a C. I would agree. I mean, I look at the way they play. I mean, Nielsen didn't do hardly anything offensively. He still had 10 rebounds and, you know, blocked a shot and had some assists and stuff. But he was really much of a non-factor throughout the game. He's going to win the conference player of the year. Yep. But the guy that is the difference maker the guy. for this team, the guy. Lou Williams. He's back to having that award. He's back to Lou Williams because he came off the bench. Award. Carter, I guess, this race isn't <laughs> over just yet. Out there at Crown. Drew Sagadol is the best player on this team. He changed the game in the second half when they went on a run. Yeah. And then especially down the stretch and out of the timeouts. I mean, you remember the play where um, he hit Nielsen. Yep. On we that were talking awesome about pass. that one on the broadcast. Or no, who finished? Or did Nielsen, Nielsen pass it to finished. him? No, no, no. Nielsen, Nielsen finished. finished. Yeah. He he swung the pass around the defender. Because the Nielsen Eagles caught it. flew at Sagadol. Yep. And well, they like, had to because he was on fire us. in the yeah. second half. And Nielsen caught it and did his little just turn around off the glass. Beautiful play design, by the way, off a timeout from Coach Garvin. All of that to be said, Northwestern had their chances down the stretch, Ryan, but they had a costly turnover. They had a shot that got blocked. Fombla thought he got fouled. Um, yeah. Whether it was or not, I don't know. And then Bethany was 9 of 9 on free throws in the final 224. So when you do yep. those things, Bethany did what they needed to do to close this game out. And again, I think the other big thing to talk about with Northwestern, we didn't see a lot of Caleb Hoyleen or Jane Iamari down the stretch of this game. And you almost wonder 
if they had played down the stretch. And again, it's easy hindsight's twenty twenty. We were saying it during the but game. But we though. said it while it was happening. We didn't see them, and I don't know. There was probably a reason for that, but well, I was surprised remember, not to see those two guys on the court at the end of the game. I was as well. Do you remember when Caleb came back in, whatever it was, four, five, six minutes left, and he had that look right side of the basket where he just rushed in, he yeah. shot it over the hoop, or it was an easy bank shot to score? And I think like he just didn't know where he was on the court. Two possessions later, he dragged his foot and he traveled and gave the ball back to Bethany. I mean, every one of these little things matters. It's just, this is maybe going to sound bad to both sides, but when Northwestern doesn't have a guy like Hoyleen and Nyamari out there, it's easier for the opposition to defend them. And Kelton was really good in some spots. And settling down the offense, he made a couple big threes for Northwestern over the weekend. But they're easier to defend when you don't have Nyamari and his explosiveness and what he can do out of the ball screen action, whether he's setting up someone else, driving in the lane, or whether he's scoring himself as a spot-up shooter. And then Hoylene just has so many tools on his belt, turnaround shots, his hierarchy shot you talked about so much on Friday night during the broadcast. Wyatt, this game was so aesthetically pleasing to watch, though, also because both teams take such good care of the basketball. Bethany, even when they're struggling, they don't beat themselves. No, they get shots up. And When's you know the last what? time oh. you saw them double-digit turnovers? They get shots up because they've never seen a shot they don't like. I mean, those True. guys just shoot. and sometimes They don't wait for great. the shot clock to hey, run. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it backfires on you, but that's Correct. the way they play. Just eight turnovers for both teams. Battle on the glass is awesome. Dead even at 38, but a couple... Late turnovers for Northwestern, and then you mentioned the free throws down the stretch for Bethany. Super impressive for them. I was most impressed by Jax Madsen. I felt like he was the one guy from the jump who was dialed and his shot was working. Yeah, he played he well He was early. never hesitating the whole night. I feel like he was the one single guy on Bethany from start to finish who never hesitated on a single decision he made. Yeah, he played well early, and, you know, again, I thought Sagadol was good, but he wasn't good until late in the game. Yep. They they all kind of had their moments, I guess, that, that were sprinkled in so that's throughout the That's the beauty the of it. You have a guy like Mason Ackley who doesn't score. You mentioned he got hot in that one spot. Was it him or X who actually got the tee, though? I think Patterson got Patterson it. got the technical. It started with Lavelle and Ackley yeah. going at it. Yep. There was a play. I even said it on the broadcast. Ackley set a screen. And then he just stood there and stared at the ref and was talking to him as a bounce pass comes his Eagles way. Went the other way. And the Eagles it. get it and just pick it up, and he's standing there talking to the ref. And then that's when the technical came on the other side of the court. Lavelle had, like, a hard foul. He ran into somebody, and then they yeah. started jawing. And then, yeah, all of a sudden we had the technical. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's lots of thoughts. We don't know thoughts. totally what happened, obviously. Yeah. There, there's lots of thoughts on that sequence, the game itself. I just I, I think it's a testament to how good Bethany is, though, when they play like they're capable. And for Sagadol, again, starting to play like this, I mean, can anybody beat them they're so if he deep. plays like that? Yeah. I mean, coming off the bench, I, I, it's just it's crazy. It's going to be really, really hard to. You're going to have to Especially now that it really officially good. goes through. I mean, and we knew it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to host, but it's technically official now. Yeah. So the only way they're losing, by the way, in the regular season is if they choose to sit guys, which we'll talk about on our preview pod. But good point. Otherwise, the pursuit to perfection very much alive. Before we move past this one, I want to give a shout out to uh, Mason Ackley's mom who stopped by the broadcast booth. And uh, she was pointing out a section of Bethany people who listen to this podcast every Thursday for the predictions pod. And so great to talk to you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. And, uh, 
Yeah, your Vikings, really, really good club. If you're a Bethany fan, you know, I'm sure you're eating up this whole season long and just enjoying the ride. And that's what Coach Garvin had to say after the game. I don't know if you saw what he said to the team. They posted it on social. But to enjoy that moment, he was saying, he's like, don't let anyone tell you that this doesn't mean something, even though, like, we were expected. We're the preseason favorites. Oh, it's We won it last year. We want to do more. We want to win the tournament. We want to get into the NCAAs and make noise there. They know all that. But, you know, he was taking his inner Mike Tice to the whole team. That's what Pat Garvin was doing. Enjoy the season. More or less, Coach, that's probably what you were saying going into that situation. But I totally agree. The dream is in the process. All those little cliches you got. The dream is still in the process for World of Boat Minnesota Golden Gophers because somehow, some way, he didn't go to UCLA. Everyone was convinced as soon as Chipper left, PJ was going to go out to UCLA. Sad day for Gopher football. Anyway, we won't go on that tangent because we could spend the next 10 minutes talking about that. But fun game wide. That's what the UMAC is all about in February. I mean, you see it at the D1 level. I mean, you look at like Saturday night in College Station. I know you're a big SEC guy. Hey, Tennessee goes I'm into not... that hornet's nest. A&M whiteout like it was in the Erickson Center Friday night. And it means something when you're on the road in that environment. It's tough to play in. Now, Te- the Texas Eagles... A&M has burned me one too many times. I don't trust them. That's fair enough. The Eagles didn't shoot the lights out like Texas A&M did and actually win the game. a lot of points out there. But it shows in college basketball, there's the beauty of you can't simulate on the road against a desperate team in a big game, even if you're the prohibited favorite and you're one of the top dogs. It's it's tough to win in a spot like that. It is. And you take wins any way you can get it, even when you only play your C game like Bethany did. They'll take it and run with it, and they'll say, you know what, we'll be better for it. We're going to learn from that. And uh, Northwestern had many opportunities in the first half to extend this lead, and they couldn't do it. They scored 13 points in the final 13 minutes of the half. Do you remember what they you told me at halftime when Northwestern was up one? Feels like they they this was almost a loss. I, you I told me that. You, you said that. You said it like, feels like a loss. It feels like they're walking into the locker room defeated right and now. And they're in trouble. And it yeah, sounds for the bizarre. Because if you told us an hour before the game, Northwestern goes into the locker room up one. You probably say they take it, but it's the way that it happened. My brother said the same thing, and he wasn't accustomed to losing to Bethany. I don't know if you know this or not, but the four yeah. years that he played. Porter Morrell won a couple games. He won a few games in his day. <laughs> uh, he said the same thing. He texted a, a group we have, and he's like, I feel like we need to be up by more right now, dot, dot, dot. Because Bethany, you knew, was going to come out yeah. and be ready to roll. In the it could, again, half. it couldn't have been a better start, and Bethany couldn't have been struggling much more than they were, and somehow they're only down one. So Eagles scored 15 tough. points in the final 13 and changed to go in the half. That says all you need to know. All right. That's all I got. Now fun that game. I mean, fun Friday night. I mean, that's that's all you can ask Might for. as well stay there again like we did on the women's sure. side as we jump into Saturday. Any questions you have for me? Regarding the game? Yeah. You look at the was box Was the score. atmosphere good? It was Hoops pretty good. Hysteria. It was pretty All good. right. Yeah. yeah. It's been better before, but it is pretty good. What was going through your mind when it was halftime Yeah, and the Eagles are down by one? Yeah. I mean, hey, they got it together in the second half, but, man, it, it must have been some, some weird moments in the Erickson Center for a good portion of that game thinking, is Martin Luther going to do this again? You know, I don't want to say this to make it feel like it was never in doubt, but I felt like it was going to at least have to be like with eight, nine minutes left where Martin Luther was ahead or within a possession before I'd feel something. I still felt like Northwestern was going to get it going eventually, and the guy who got it going was Caleb Hoyleen, which made what we saw Friday even more perplexing because he was making shots on Martin Luther that I don't know next to anyone in the UMAC could stop when he gets block extended and he's fading away over someone. He's going over his left, his right shoulder. He's stepping out and shooting it. He didn't even make a three ball in this game, 
and he still had 28 points. So he was on a heater for Northwestern. Yeah, they got enough going. Um, he was the leader, and then they got enough scoring around that. And for Northwestern, when they're able to do what they can on the glass and limit opportunities, you said it Friday night a few times. The one guy I want to shout out, Andrew Kohler off the bench was a menace on the glass. I mean, the number of times Martin Luther, when he went up against Jenstead and Jenstead just could not box him out to save his life on offense or defensive side of the ball. Juice had five offensive rebounds. He could have had 10, but they fouled him five other times before he could get the <laughs> basketball. So they just could not handle him on the glass. He was a factor Friday night as well. And yeah, I mean, Northwestern for them to win and to get into the tournament, we'll talk about it later this week, but they got to have guys like Burns and Kohler off the bench providing and you know you can throw in schneider and vincent into that as well i guess but those two specifically bigs off the bench made a big difference yeah. and it's another weekend where henry fambula i don't know it's been a bizarre season for him i that it has it roller coaster. hard to figure out it has and for northwestern we'll get into the tie-breaking procedures at the end but they're in a position where they might need some help yeah which is what's tough uh, yep. uh, about that game against bethany because yep. you win that one all of a sudden you know you control your Sitting own destiny. pretty yeah, so absolutely. Martin Luther, just real quick before we move on, there are definite steps of improvement. I mean, you could see it Saturday during this game. Just look at the two leading scores, Jenstead and Balgi, both sophomores. Yeah. They can get their own shot. Martin Luther hasn't had guys like that in a while. We're off the dribble, block extended, in transition, stepping out to shoot a three if you don't get up on them. Two guys that you can be excited about if you're an MLC fan. And if you're Martin Luther, finish this thing the right way and don't give Northland their first win. It's if a you're big a Knights game. fan, I was it's gonna a say, big game in New Ulm. Northland's going to be ready. Day? You better, yeah, you better bring it or they're going to get you. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so if I am counting correctly, we now have three games left on Saturday. Let's yeah, stay. Let's stay. These, uh, let's stay in the Twin Cities. Okay. Go back on what you were saying earlier, where yeah. it was proof that Bethany was so uncomfortable Friday with what you saw Saturday. We questioned coming it's in. Insane. You win the hardware. You're celebrating Friday night. You're probably going to bed a little bit later because you're excited that you won the UMAC regular season title. You could question there were some outside factors that could make this game tighter against North Central, who's a very desperate team, not an easy place to play in that tight gym. None of that. Yeah. I mean, what what would you say about what you saw out of Bethany on Saturday? They're just as good as we thought they were. And then some, I mean, I, my thoughts on them playing tight and being concerned for all the factors that we mentioned at Northwestern were just confirmed by the way they played against North central. You score 110 points off the road the night after, not even the night, less than 24 hours after you win the title and are celebrating. Yeah. Holy cow. Are they locked in? If and not they, against nobody. I mean, North no, Central has some great be a defensive performances. North Central could very easily be a playoff team this year. And they just, they did that. That's insane. And again, Sagadol, just incredible. 27 points. I mean, he is starting to play his best basketball. And and they had him come the off right the bench time. again. He was you starting wonder, the weekend before at Morse. Is he now a six man again? You is almost, that the best place well, to put him? And you almost wonder if he is like finally like 100%. You know, when a guy comes back from injury, he's maybe not 100% and takes a little bit to get his legs under him and start playing. Maybe he's there again. Moving forward, I know it's not this Friday, but let's say this Friday is the UMAC semis for Bethany. He doesn't have to start, no. If you're Coach Garvin, what are you doing? <sighs> again, the guys that start don't have to be the same ones that play at the end of the game. No, he'll play just, at the end of the game. Just you bring Segadol off the bench based on what you most recently saw. Yeah. Okay. He could come in two minutes into the game for all I care. <laughs> Roll those five guys out there, though, right now that you've been rolling because they're all they're all dudes as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a great problem to have. 
Amen. It, it really is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say about this one other than Bethany is Nielsen insane. got back to being himself. Yeah. Double-double easily in four blocks. Again, he'll be the conference player of the year. I don't think Better there's be. really any questions or doubts about that. Yep. I agree. I don't have much else to say. I mean, North Central, you know, it's it's a little disappointing for Coach Becker's club, but, you know, when you run into a buzzsaw like that, we've said it, you know, we said it going into the Northwestern game and against anyone. Bethany's got to take at least one, if not maybe even two or three steps down from them at their peak, at their best, for anyone else to have a chance to beat them when they are at their absolute best. That's how good Bethany is, yeah. top to bottom. I agree. And, again, they played their C game against Northwestern and still won. So yep. that was one of those nights maybe, and the Eagles couldn't get them. The good news for North Central, because they took care of business on Friday night, they do control their own destiny. Yep. They win both games this week, and they're in. Correct. And they're at home. And they're at home. They're in a good spot. Okay. Now let's go out west. This one is a bit surprising, to say the least. We know Crown has been struggling, but you win the night before. You're thinking, do we got this thing back on track? We already beat Superior at the Jackets earlier on in the season where our defense really showed out, not only do you lose at home in the whack to Superior, you're down 18 points at halftime, and you end up losing the game by 18 where you can never really make it interesting. I mean, scale of 1 to 10, how disappointing of a result is it in this game for Crown Wyatt? Last home game of the season with the senior class that they have, I don't know what else to say. How, how disappointing is this if you're a Crown supporter? Yeah, it's very disappointing, and for a couple of reasons. One, you had nothing to look forward to or look ahead to. Yeah, you there's, got the jackets. <laughs> there's no excuse. Yep. There, there's no excuse for this kind of a performance, and I'm sure Coach Herbert's very disappointed with what he saw. They just they, they were not efficient. They just The shots were not falling. 21 of 65, 4 of 22 from deep. I mean, that's the story with Crown all year. When the shots are going in, you feel really good about them. But if they hit a little bit of a lull, you don't know if there's maybe enough there defensively. It yeah, it, it really can. Yep. It really can. They're a very polarizing team. I don't mean that because they're the polars. But but seriously, though, <laughs> they are. It's tough to figure Have out. Have you been sitting on that all day? No. That's a I good haven't. one. I said Look it, and you. as I was saying it, I knew <laughs> you were going to do that. You but said get the claws out last week with Boris. I now you're that. saying crowd is that very one was polarizing. maybe premeditated, but wow! Again, shout out to Reed Johnson, another good game. He's starting to really produce. Max Briggs starting the freshman. How about the starting that? lineup? Coach New Polkowski Life Academy rolling kid. it. Yeah, I don't know. Javon Walker doing his thing, and then the big difference maker, your guy Joseph yes. Fahrenholtz. I was going to say, how long is it going to take for you to mention? He needs to be the Joseph Fahrenholtz of old. It's been a perplexing year for him, kind of like yeah. Henry Fambula. Yeah. And two guys, you know, that I'm thinking about who just have not if, performed how I need to for my team. But he, just overall, if he's the Joseph Fahrenholtz of old, this team totally is capable yep. of doing some big, big things. I don't know. Again, Bethany would still have to have an off game, you feel like. But they could be one of the teams that could beat them. They're playing probably their best basketball since the beginning of the season. And Forget it's the coming UMAC at the tournament. right time. You know, they'll see him last day of the season. But yeah. that's where that's interesting. And that's where if I'm Bethany, do I sit, guys? And you said it, I think, a few weeks ago when we were looking ahead, especially against such a physical team. Is this one where if Coach Garvin wasn't playing superior, this is maybe different? Yeah. But do you want to have maybe some guy get hurt? I don't want to think worst-case scenario. That obviously isn't likely, but No, I agree. Possible. We'll talk more about that on the preview pod later this week. But anyways. How about Superior's defense, though? I mean, you mentioned shots aren't falling. we got to give them some credit, too, for what they did defensively. I mean... It, They're hold, always going to be to tough. hold Buckner to eight, only made three shots. K to eleven. I mean, just nothing. 
going pound, on. Pound for pound defensively, they are probably the toughest team in the UMAC to try and score against, for sure. They've proved it against teams like Northwestern and Crown lately, for sure. Disappointing for Crown. Huge win for the Jackets, obviously. Wide and I, egg on our face. We both got that one well, wrong. And again, the Jackets, looking at where they're at, technically have not clinched, but they basically have clinched. It would take something monumental for them to Cause, somehow Because, yeah, I mean, they get You Bethany, explained but to me they how get, they'd fall out. I don't even know how. If they beat Martin Luther, they're in. But, yeah, they yeah. got to win win one. If they lose both, even then, they should be in. I mean, it would be some would sort of crazy. Some... <laughs> so we're not even going to go into that circumstance. They're basically in at this point. Yeah. Coach Polkowski doesn't want to hear that, but. We're saying they're going to beat Martin Luther. Or, I mean, it's, or it, if it's they in lose New Orleans, both. Wyatt. It's in New Orleans. <laughs> We've if, heard that's a tough place to play. Or if they lose both. <laughs> We've seen MLC pick up a big win at home. Stop. Or if they lose both. It's why they play the games. We're not going down the rabbit hole of, okay, this Correct. has to happen. I mean, the chances of Superior not making it at this point are like 1%. Can you imagine if they don't make it? I mean, we've said we're November, gonna, we're December, January, Polkowski, and then up. if they don't, yeah, that would be bizarre. One last one, Morris bounced back. They beat Northland, and they did it convincingly, 82-56. to 56. I don't know if there's any shocker here. If you want to give your guy, Paul Dack, a shout-out for uh, – Continues to score. Another nice box score. Yeah, no, he continues to score. I don't have much to add. Morris had to have it, and they got it, and now they're 6-6. Six and six. I mean, you lose that game, it's pretty much over. If they had, like, two more wins, is Paul Dack right on the nose of Hunter Nielsen for this player of the year talk? Probably. But because they're 500? Yeah. That's the difference. If he wills them to a playoff berth this next weekend, maybe that changes what things. What if he puts up, like, a combined yeah? 70 points over the weekend? Hey. He may have to. He might. He might have to. We'll get into that. I but can't wait to see him Friday night. That's going to be fun. Yeah, he's a fun player. Fun player to watch. And he's in the conversation. But again, yeah, it's kind of like the Heisman. You do have to win a certain amount yeah. of games, too, in my opinion. So that's why Caleb Williams wasn't in the conversation at the end of the that day? That was the only reason. But wait, Wyatt, he could be the number one overall pick. Why wasn't he the Heisman? That then? was the only reason that I could come <laughs> up with. All right, so with the standings, Bethany's the one. They're just looking at perfection at this point. Superior is a game above Crown and North Central, who are a game above Northwestern and Morris. So you still got four teams within a game of each other. A lot of scenarios that can happen. Here are the teams that control their own destiny. Superior's basically in. We know Bethany's in. Crown and North Central control their own destiny. And they play each other Friday night at downtown U. After that game takes place, one of those teams might not control their own destiny depending on how it shapes out. Whoever loses mm-hmm. is in a spot where they got to win a tough game on Saturday. You got Crown, North Central, Northwestern, Morris, all in the heart of the Twin Cities this weekend. Playing each other. So Crown, North Central are Fun. playing. Northwestern, Morris are playing each other. Northwestern and Morris is an elimination game. Yep. Losers out. Yep. The winner puts themselves in a spot where if they win again on Saturday... It could be a win and in situation. It's a de facto round of 16 playoff game, Northwestern Morris on Friday night. And then it on Saturday be. at the Erickson Center, it could be a quarterfinal game. Correct. And Coach Gross, it's funny, when we just had him on, he was talking about how we're treating every game like a playoff game. <laughs> it, it basically works at this point. Yeah, you're basically yep. in the Sweet 16, then to the quarterfinals. The only way it wouldn't be a win and in situation for one of these teams, let's say Northwestern wins, if Crown wins as well, yes, then it's they not a win help. and in. Yep. If Morris beats Northwestern, let's say, and then North Central beats Crown, same situation. We don't necessarily have a win and in scenario. Yeah. More than likely, we're going to get a win and in situation, 
I feel like on Saturday. Yeah, we'll talk about it later this week, but real quick, Northwestern's the favorite on Morris at home. They beat Morris on the road by double digits. They are the favorite. Could they lose? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Morris is six and six two and has a ton to play for and they're a good team. And then in the other ball game, North Central already beat Crown earlier this year. I guess you could call him the favorite at home. I'd make him at least a few point favorite with how Crown's playing right now. I know it's you know, yeah. I would not be shocked at all if Crown wants, but let's say the quote unquote favorites win at home. Then you have a win and in Crown versus Northwestern with gobs of seniors on the floor playing potentially their last game ever, and it's to get into the tournament. And that's unbelievable. And that place is gonna be packed to the brim and yeah. then some you know there's gonna be tons of polars fans making the trek to roseville as well i mean that'll be so you're hoping for the win and if for you can't tell i'm trying to speak that into existence i mean we've had some i'll good be there calls. already we've had Lord some willing. loud environments that one would probably be right up there at the top that'd be fun for sure it'd be a lot of fun. i would sign up it's probably gonna be I would fun pay either good way money because to... the game is gonna be meaningful yeah but... that would that would be really fun we'll talk about that later on in the week real quick predictions you know you're up a few yeah um, and on the men's side it wasn't it was basically the same as on the women's side right as far as basically we both got crown ron as superior took them to the cleaners on saturday as we mentioned and then uh fantasy you want to shout out your guy sagadol i'm sure for what he was able to provide for you that was kind of the big you know question mark is when he was going to return when he was going to play and since he has come back for me he's been huge and that's what i think is going to propel me over the top it's close though. It is very three to seventeen. I gave up on both, and you were telling me you can't be doing that. And here we are, and I got a chance. To I've win made a both. push on both sides. I outscored you this, by eleven Friday night. I outscored you by twenty six on Saturday. This could be a clean sweep. I mean, you're fighting for your life. The fantasy, the predictions. I know. Hey, we need to keep Caleb Hoyleen on the floor. Is clearly what we know. <laughs> Jax Madsen continues to be Mister Consistent for well, Bethany, hey, but Sagadol is just going to match him. He didn't match him on Friday. Well. Madsen was the dude. And then Nayamari's got to get on the floor, too. I mean, they're, you know, Farenholz has got to be that guy. It's a lot of things. It's going to be happen. tight. It's going to be really, really fun down the stretch. Should be Everything's fun. up for grabs. Maybe not the predictions, but we'll get to that later on this week. Anything else you have for this recap pod? I mean, nah, the scale good. of 1 to 10, how would you rate that weekend of UMAC play? With the surprises we saw? With One the of big, the best weekends we of the season, for sure. Maybe like an 8. Is this February frenzy almost at its peak? I it's can't say the good. peak yet. Because we're not good. at the total peak. Yeah, coming up on Saturday, when we have winning in situations, that's de when facto it's at its peak. playoffs before the actual that's UMAC when it's tournament at its peak. Yeah, love it. Emotional senior days that we'll see in person. I mean, Oof. some of those happened this past weekend, but we're going to start to get tears in the building. I mean, it's going to be I like what, be crying. It's going to be like what Tracy Wilson said at 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon on the CBS report. Guys, I'm just hearing that Mahomes, Jones, and Kelsey have all given speeches to the team. They're They're the big three. When Travis finished his speech, I am told there was not a dry eye in the building. I'm not supposed to. I just about lost it. How are you reporting this with a straight face? Travis Kelsey put everyone in tears? Are you kidding me? I'm not believing that for a second. But anyways. Are you upset at the Super Bowl? Happy? What are your two cents? I don't want to get into that on yeah. this podcast. We both wanted you know the Niners. my opinion. We'll leave it at that. You know my opinion. Rocky played well. Okay, I got nothing else to say. Folks, we hope you can join us for the predictions pod later on this week where we talk about all the fun matchups to take place Friday night and into Saturday before we wrap up the regular season in UMAC play. But here's the good news, Wyatt. The February frenzy is just halfway home. We've played two weekends of February Frenzy Basketball. There are still two more weeks of UMAC basketball to go. So don't cry that it's over. Smile that it's still happening. 
See what I did there? Not that like it happened. It. It's still happening. happening. Yeah. So soak it in right now. Don't let it pass you by. Get some good sleep. Prepare yourself for what will take place later on this week. You are going to want to be well-rested and ready to go to experience what's to take place Friday and Saturday across the UMAC. Again, preview pod still to come. Would love to hear from you on the inbox, UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com or on the X machine at UAOTheUMAC. Search us unlike any other, the UMAC. From myself and from Wyatt Morrell, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate the support, and we look forward to catching you next time talking college hoops, best sport in the world, in a league that is unlike any other.